Hello? Hello? So what, no fucking ZD now? <laughs> Hi, welcome to You Know That episode. I'm Trevor. And I'm Victoria. We're two friends who watch too much TV. We break down iconic episodes of good shows. And bad. And explain why we feel the way we do. This week, we're going to be talking about the pilot episode of Glee, which premiered in 2009. Which feels like... Light years ago. Light years, decades, eons. It, I <laughs> can't believe it was 2009. But yeah, it was kind of a hit immediately, it seems. It literally was. It grabbed us all. So Victoria, if you want to get into your your personal context with Glee and your relationship. Yeah. Um, honestly, in 2009... Um, not to immediately start oversharing, like, this is the first episode of our podcast and we're just going to get right into it. Babe, but, like, do so it. 2009, um, I lost my dad and, and it was a really tough time in my life. And it sounds really pathetic, but, like, this show was literally one of the only things that made me happy. I, like, fully got Absolutely. obsessed with it. And I was in high school at the time. I think I was in see what it's that sophomore year when it came out which is crazy because they were in sophomore year when it came out so I remember just yeah. watching it and just being like wow they are fully targeting me and my year right now <laughs> but like just seeing like happy and depressed and fully out and fully closeted like gay kids on tv like singing show tunes and getting bullied and everything like it just <laughs> it was the show for me and yeah. I would say that like ev every single day I would just like go on tumblr and like immerse myself in this show yes. like that was the only thing I did I would literally log on to tumblr and spend like 10 hours a day on the computer just like on my glee blog which had like thousands of followers when I finally deleted it but I yep. I just immersed myself in the show yeah, I obviously feel similarly. Like, I am a little bit younger than you, so I think I was in, like, seventh or eighth grade, really, when it premiered, and was just a gay kid in the middle of nowhere in upstate New York, and, like, didn't have yeah. any gay friends, hadn't come out to anybody yet, but was just, like, very, like, not yet at peace with being gay, but also not, I didn't hate it either. I was like, I guess this is whatever. And, yeah. like, thankfully, I was never bullied or anything like that. I didn't... That wasn't a part of my, like, story. But seeing mm. Kurt, who's not a person or character I relate to at all, but still seeing him on TV, I was like, oh, okay. This is... This is... This is similar-ish. Yeah. Like, we're not the same, but we're feeling the same things of, like, having crushes on straight boys. Like, competing with the girls for some reason. Yeah, and, that, like, that's a completely different ballpark yeah and it just like feels i don't know i remember seeing seeing kurt and then eventually the other gay characters that we get i was like okay this feels this feels like a like i see other versions of me out there and then mm. same as you i was i was in the trenches on tumblr <laughs> it was because i was like we probably crossed path and didn't even know it oh i guarantee it because like i like you was on tumblr every single solitary day all day it's all no, i did was watch tv and go on tumblr and i was like a me i was a message board kid like before tumblr i remember being in like oh, yeah. neopets neopets <laughs> i was playing like i was on world of warcraft message boards i was in uh, some oscar message boards really young 
like Tony Mo- Awards exactly. and the Broadway world, the Broadway world message boards don't even. Now that is the tre- that is truly that the is deepest trenches. trenches. Yeah, but like yeah, so I was like incredibly online. Had the Glee blog, was like making gifts, was doing all that. Was right. Like, like, learned my first little bit of HTML, learned yes. how to make a GIF, like, downloaded a super legal version of... Photoshop. Um... <laughs> yep. I was like, I was like, I was living on the Pirate Bay. I was like, they're... they're... No, I was literally using YouTube to MP3, downloading mm-hmm. zip files. I had no business downloading off of Tumblr for this thing called First Listen Friday, which is oh, when yes. like, every single Friday before oh, yes. the Glee episode would come out, somebody somehow... Would literally get like the entire I... leaked songs for the entire episode and post it on Tumblr, and everybody would rush to download it before it got taken down. But like, I remember tr- like being so and always missing one somehow, like it would get taken down before I could get it, and then Ugh. being like all that type of stuff. And I remember like all the like Brazilian fans always had like the crazy leaks and nobody knew how they would get them. Yeah, and just everybody like, would be like, wait, how the fuck did you get this? Like that episode is like not due to come out for like... Yeah, and like following set photos mm. and especially when they were like filming in New York and everything like that. I know! Oh my God, wait, I literally have notes about that in my... <laughs> no. <laughs> in my notes that I took. Okay, all right, we have to get into we this do. episode a little bit because we're going totally in on Tumblr, but like <sighs> I do have notes about the Facebook yeah, and the MySpace Same. and the everything sort of situation that happened. The amount super early. of times MySpace is name dropped in this episode is so no, literally weird. I have like a paragraph of notes about it, but I guess it makes sense timeline wise. But it just like it feels so dated because I mean I guess we were on Tumblr and I was on Twitter at this point too. I think I was just getting into Twitter. Yeah, because like. I knew that some shows and some celebrities were starting to make accounts on it, Same. but I wasn't as obsessed with it as I was with Tumblr. Same. Tumblr was my number one social media for like years until oh, yeah. I went to college and I kind of transitioned onto Twitter. Honestly, I was on Tumblr up until like they got rid of the porn. <laughs> like That's not an exaggeration. I, I mean, like, their company got bought and that's yeah. why that happened. And like, I just... Glee was my first big internet fandom mm-hmm. and got me on, got me more incredibly online. So, like, I think my brain rot is, like, directly related to Glee and... No, mine fully is. It's due to Glee. Like, the only reason I know anything about meme culture, posting it online, started in shit Glee. posting, it literally all started on Tumblr and it started with Glee. But we need to talk about this intro of the fact that supposedly this is like literally the best cheer team in the United States going on Fox Sports. It has winning to a be bunch an of off trophies. day. But tell me how this routine was subpar as fuck and Monica Aldama would literally crush Sue like a cockroach. I do like the, the song mix, was though. good. I will give them that. But the like, song was good. And I was like, okay, this is a, this, this mix is a serve. But, but like, like everything I, else. Yeah, like, it babe, wasn't giving what like, it's supposed to routine, give. Like it's not it. It's not it. But that's Sue yeah. one-liner. You think this is hard? Try being waterboarded. That's hard. Untouchable. Untouchable. Like, I remember that was in the trailer and everything like that. And I was like, wait, this show's funny. Yeah, like, this it show's is. so funny. They put, like, all of the their gate. best mean material into Santana and Sue. Yeah. Rachel has some moments, but... Every now yeah. and then. And then we see Kurt fully getting bullied. We see him fully getting tortured. Sue is so stupid. No. 
Mr. Shu is so stupid. So, what's up, everybody? What's up, fellow kids? He's like, where's your Spanish report, Finn? (laughs) That's more important than you bullying this gay kid. And Kurt is standing there, like, deer in headlights, crutching his bag to his chest, like... Just, like, flabbergasted. He's like this. Te- he's like this adult man, is so fucking stupid. Yeah, and then, uh, honest. The jacket. The I jacket. Hate. I didn't like it. Bright blue. He has a thing for bright blue. Later on, he's wearing he re- a dress sort of looking outfit. Oh my so god, that dress ugly. is heinous. for the love for the life of me. Can't figure out why he decided. It doesn't make any no. sense. The costuming department was like more homophobic than any <laughs> of the writing. Literally. They're like, we have to make this gay kid look as believable as possible, which, like, I get. He comes into like, his I own later on, truly. And so yeah, does Rachel. Yeah, I think season, yeah, season three, Rachel and Kurt, yeah. they, like, get yeah, it together. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. They find their curve. Thank God. Yeah. Puck is so gross. I hate him. I freaking hate him, and thank God we are not doing a full rewatch, so we don't have no. to, like, deal with his get- terrible singing and his stupid-ass scenes and storylines. I hate him so much. Some of the worst. Some of the worst. But Finn, um, also an idiot. Finn is also an idiot, but at least we see him making Kurt take off his jacket and holding his bag yeah. while he gets thrown in the dumpster. It shows there's us like, like, okay, at least he's halfway decent. I mean, there's he's still like a, a piece of shit. semblance of humanity. Right. And Which, then, like, like, it just... Isn't enough. Yeah, it isn't enough. I mean, it stays pretty bad until they kind of become half... Or not half brothers, but like stepbrothers. Oh my God that's a whole other thing i know i know talk about like the shipping wars on tumblr no the the people who literally thought that kurt and finn were gonna become a couple and then saw that episode (laughs) i could never they were so upset no they were so mad and furious and upset and everybody was roasting them so hard like it's just It's so embarrassing. It was. It could never be me. No, it could was. Never. It was literally hilarious. Um. Okay. And then we go into the teachers' lounge for a quick introduction to the folks in there. Um, I love Emma. I love Emma. I find her a little annoying, but like she's not like the worst character on the show. Like I, I can deal I with think, her. I think she gets way more annoying as the show goes Agreed. on. Agreed. But in the first episode, I find her so endearing. I agree. And. Yeah. Still a little annoying, but, like, not in a way that I find, like, I find Ken incredibly annoying. Oh, Ken is so freaking annoying. Emma at least has, even... like, like a... It, like, you feel bad for her. Yeah. You have empathy for her. Where yeah. Ken, the whole time, you're just like, bro, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. I just know that Sue saying that she's a coffee snob and likes her latte milk scalding made both of our breast asses I... roll our eyes so hard. I was like, oh, so you're a terrorist. <laughs> if I had a if I had a penny for every time I someone asked me for scalding latte milk or foam or whatever whatever. Like girl, I'm not gonna change the temperature of your foam, you freak. Just... No, I'm gonna do it the way I do it every time right? and you're not gonna tell a difference. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. I know she's a terror in the local Starbucks. I can't stand her. The um, lima bean. The lima bean, yep. The lima bean. She is terrorizing the girls with the lima Wait, bean. Wait, where's my lima bean mug? I miss it. I Do don't you have know. one? I swear I used to have one. I don't know what happened wait, to it. I'm ordering wait, wait, the legal wait, wait. one on, on Etsy. First off, we need we need the listeners to know. The lima bean mug is the least of your 
purchases when it comes to Glee. Oh my God. How could I forget this to is say this? So, this is so important because <laughs> not only to our, the context of your relationship with Glee, but like our the context of our friendship, this is one of the first things I think we spoke about when we met. Literally. Because, okay, so I need everybody who's listening to know that my first ever paycheck, I worked as an ice cream scooper at a local ice cream shop. Um, in my hometown, which is a lot like Lima. And um, my first ever paycheck, I spent it on a professionally made exact replica (laughs) Cheerios jacket, um, which had all the exact same features that the Cheerio jacket in the show has. It's not one of those cheap knockoffs you get at at Target. It's literally like a professionally made, like collegiate sports website that made replica jackets from different tv shows and movies that were of the quality that a professional athlete would wear or like a collegiate athlete would wear so fucking funny my mom was so pissed at me she's like how the fuck are you telling me this right now like you just spent like hundreds of dollars on this jacket that you're gonna hate this show in a few years like you're not even gonna like this show in a few years i'm like Jokes Mom. on you, bestie. No, literally, I should have gotten a tattoo across my forehead that said, this is not a phase, because <laughs> the number of times she would bring it up on the daily. But when I say that I wore that jacket religiously, my my high school colors, you. no, my high school colors were green and white. The jacket was bright red and white, and I wore it for two years every single day <laughs> to my high school. I wore it in my fucking um, senior like picture. I we wore it in my senior been... picture. We would have been best friends in high school. No, we totally would have. Like, I... Because my one of my go- really, really good friends, who I'm still good friends with now, was like the only other person I knew in real life who watched Glee. Mm-hmm. And like she was not as involved in the fandom as I was, but we would, her boyfriend would drive us around and like we would all hang out and we would make him listen to the Glee soundtrack. Oh my God, I feel so bad for him. No, I mean, I yeah. had a couple of people in my high school who, like, watched it. They weren't as obsessed with me, but, like, they knew that I was, so they would sometimes strike up a conversation with me. <laughs> and, of course, like, some of them are gay now. I won't name names, but, like, it's so funny <laughs> to think back and be like, yay, like, me and this person were both, like, totally gay and neither of us wanted to admit it. Oh, yeah. Um, but that was something that bonded us for sure. My Which little is high so school. lovely. Yeah. Um, also... This is all, this whole show is Lillian Adler's fault. No, it literally is like, girl, why did you have to start a glee club in this tiny ass high school? She is like, not to blame women for men's mistakes, (laughs) but it's her fault that we have Will Schuster in his current Uh, form. We traced it back to the root of the problem. She is the problem. (laughs) Um, Okay, wait. So I have a timestamp for all the MySpace talk and it's four minutes and 26 seconds for anybody who wants to later watch the pilot and follow along. But... So Will says that all the students have MySpace pages. And like to me, this fully felt like Dated. a little bit late. Yeah. Like Glee aired in 2009. So I felt like maybe that line was like meant to make him seem out of touch with the students. But then when I checked Wikipedia, it actually said that MySpace's peak years were 2005 through 2009. And it also said that Facebook surpassed MySpace in users in May of 2009, which was literally the same month this episode aired. Yeah, that's so weird to me, though. I Because, like, I was on MySpace, like, very young. And yeah, because, me too. like, my whole family had it, whatever. Yeah. I just associate it with, like, 2005 to 2007, I guess, so heavily. Mm. Because, but, because by the time 
Glee was on, I didn't know a single person who was still using MySpace. But I mean, I guess like thinking about production stuff, they probably filmed this in like 2008. Maybe. Or maybe they just filmed it before Facebook started to surpass MySpace. So in a small town with not that many people, at a high school, a bunch of weirdos. And not a college town. Not a college town. So Facebook wouldn't be as prevalent. Yeah. I mean, it tracks for me. Like, I was definitely yeah, a totally. MySpace girl. I was obsessed with MySpace. Again, coming back, like, I was obsessed with, like, the HTML customization oh, yeah. portion of it. I was obsessed with my top five. I was obsessed with my favorite song. Like, I loved MySpace. But, I like, I was definitely on Tumblr and starting to go on Twitter and Facebook at this time. So, like. And I think the MySpace to Tumblr pipeline is a lot more. Yeah. Like relevant because yeah. of it was had so many similar features and like totally. community aspects to it. And yeah. the music aspect was a huge thing too. Yeah. Where Tumblr also had that kind of like artist community of like people like getting big through Tumblr like they did yeah. through MySpace. What I really love about Tumblr is the customization like yeah. is so much more like MySpace at least had like a set like parameters yeah really. like you couldn't really modify it as much versus tumblr people were like making full websites and like tumblr you could literally like flip your web page upside down if you wanted to like it was fully 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 customizable people would have custom layouts and then have a separate page on their tumblr oh to yeah. be like hey do you want to download my exact tumblr theme here it is encoding yes and also that you would have like all your tags and it's be like super organized. Oh like, yeah, I was obsessed with tags. Like I would oh, I too. would tag all my posts based on like if it was a ship, then I would do like the ship name. If it was a show, I would do the show and actress. I would sometimes mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. I had like a tag that was really funny, like I think I had one for Michelle Pfeiffer. You can guess what it is based on how much oh I love gosh. Michelle Pfeiffer. But um like I was fully obsessed with my tags and then I had a separate page that listed all of my different tags in case somebody wanted to figure out where my toes were. Were you an autoplay person? No, no. Thank I didn't God. have music on my Tumblr, I don't think. I didn't either. I just was like, it's it was so abrasive. It is. To uh, to start, get on a website or a page and it immediately start this whole like rigmarole that I did not sign up for. I know. It's a, it's a bit extra. And then... It's a bit extra. Like, I also... I mean, when I was watching this scene, I literally had a flash forward to the scene later on where Rachel is updating her MySpace page. So like, oh, yeah, like I think it's not out of touch for this particular community. But to me, it felt outdated. Yeah, it felt outdated. I mean, watching it in 2022 as Mm -hmm. someone who was off Tumblr in 2009 or off MySpace in 2009, it definitely felt dated. But I mean, it like I guess it makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, Okay, and then we have Will lying in bed. Like tossing and turning, but he has voiceover. And my question is this: Why does every show want to have voiceover in its first season? Sex and I was the City did this the same too, exact, and it was thing. so freaking annoying. Like we don't. I was Glee kept it for a long time though. They overdid it. With they this. overdid it. I think the only show, and I mean, like again, not to bring up Grey's Anatomy, but. I have to bring up Grey's Anatomy, where I think that's the only show that has still... I think they still consistently do it. But they do it the right way. We don't see the character, like, pondering the thoughts. We just hear it as the scene is happening. And it's an opener and a closer, usually, to the episode. It's like a bookend. Mm -hmm. It's not just in the middle. You're not, like, Meredith Grey being like, 
and here's why I was cutting open the spleen. Right. Like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, for in, me it's shoddy storytelling. Like when I think yeah. about it, when I really think about it, it's like they needed a way to demonstrate what he was thinking or like what he was grappling with and they couldn't show it in a conversation because Terry's asleep next to him, so they had to do voiceover. But I just find it so silly when shows decide to rely on that as a crutch. Um, yeah and at least in the beginning of like sex in the city you have it in a kind of interesting breaking the fourth wall man on the street way yeah especially that first episode of sex in the city where it's like she's interviewing the people it feels like which makes sense because she's a column writer so right as a storytelling device it makes sense there this it's just like insane camp dream sequence type feeling of just like getting their inner monologue yeah but i guess i think it makes sense maybe with rachel the most because she is does have the myspace thing it makes sense for rachel because like we're getting into the audition portion of the episode which is like probably one of my favorite parts of this episode is because yeah this is such a creative way to introduce characters like pretty much every other show is like a moment right like pretty much every other show it's two characters walking up to each other and being like Henry Jones, I wasn't expecting to see you in the teacher's lounge. It's but like, so much exposition. Yeah, where this it's is so like, extra. You get such a clear, vision. concise vision of each character. Mm-hmm. I mean, except Artie, but like, that's fine. Right? I literally wrote no Artie audition, but that's fine because I don't like Artie that much. <laughs> I think he's like, yeah, I'm not a big fan, no. like in general. Yeah. And it's just kind of, again, false. I think it's a writing issue because... When Artie does get a moment in the show, it is nice sometimes, or, like, there's a lesson there. Mm-hmm. But, like, he just gets forgotten all the time. Same when with Tina. So much... I mean, they literally oh. make an entire story arc Episode. about how much yeah. Tina would get forgotten. But, like, it needs to be said that Tina is 150,000% queer-coded from day one, starting with her song choice for her audition, which is I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry. Are you kidding me? The Blue Streaks and The Attitude. Please. She was meant to be the Leslie on this show. She was meant and to I, be the Leslie on this show. And I think they had to have play it. Like, they had to have thought that at some point, or at least making her, like, bi or something like that, or somewhere, like, sexually fluid. Because it's so deeply coded in her character. Especially, like, in the group of rejects, she's the most reject. Like, she's the most socially awkward. She has the stutter. She's, like, the most... The fake stutter. The fake stutter. She's, like, (laughs) the goth one. So even in this group of losers, she's, like, the most outcast one. Maybe other than Kurt. And he's already out. Not... I mean, he's not out, but he's, like, not hiding it well. I don't know. I mean, like, on the totem pole... So, like, there's a scene later on that we're going to get to where where Sue is basically telling Will, like, there's a totem pole at this school, basically mm-hmm. a caste system, where there's different levels of, like, how popular or, like, embarrassing people yeah. are. And, like, she actually said that the Glee Club is below, like, LARPers, which... Sub-basement. I don't like do we agree with that assessment i don't know like i feel like they're probably on the same level to be i don't know because i mean i will say like my my high school did not really have like a set click or cast system like that so it's foreign to me as a concept other than from like media and everything like that but like uh pretty much everyone i know was involved in theater in one way or another other than like the jocks and even then they were still pretty much involved but i also did go to a school where my graduating class was 90 people but i don't know i mean larpers i guess but they're like the same genre they're That's just what I'm saying. theater like, kids i feel like they're on the same level in my like improv 
I would think they're on the same level. Because, I, yeah, I would put them with, like, like D&D kids, musical theater show choir kids, and LARPers. Because they're all doing the same thing. It's just, like, a different Formats. application of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have the auditions. First of all, we stand Mercedes. We absolutely stand for life. She, I have a note later on that after this, like, whatever's getting ahead of myself, when Will says that Rachel's the best one in there... It's racist. <laughs> it's no, it or, it's racism. Like, you can't hear Mercedes and think... And, like, that's not to discredit Rachel and Leah Michelle because, like, her voice is... Too perfect. So perfect. Like, it's it makes so me so perfect. The raw emotion in Mercedes' voice is not something you ever get with Rachel or Leah Michelle unless she's, like, putting it on, I feel like. I think what, I think what the difference is is that Mercedes has soul. I think that's what you're trying to say. There's just She's like, very soulful. Yeah, her songs and her and her attitude and her behaviors when she performs, it's just so much more powerful. Like it feels more genuine. Yeah, Leah, like Leah slash Rachel, because they're the same person. It's difficult to explain <laughs> how I feel about this, but like she, her voice is perfect. It's like flawless. She she just sounds so fucking good. Like it's got like the perfect tone right. to it. But you it's listen like, to it and you're like, she is performing uh, this song. And Mercedes is like is feeling, feeling the song. song. 100%. Exactly. Okay. And like, even Amber Riley outside of Glee, like, yeah. watching her performance at like, I think it's like the Olivier Awards in the UK, because she was in Dreamgirls on the West End. Mm-hmm. Watching her performance of, and I'm telling you. Oh, oh my God. my. And like, to see the evolution from like the eventual performance she does of it in Glee to the like performance of amber riley as an adult woman who's like experienced life now on this grand stage like the uk's tony awards like it's such a full circle beautiful moment she's so fucking phenomenal and like i can't even i can't even explain how like even just a little clip of her in this episode i was like god damn it she's so good yeah it was like three seconds long and we're already like we fucking love her and then there's kurt with Mr. Selling. Like, I like this performance. Really? Oh my god. I, I <laughs> like it. I like his voice in this. Cause he doesn't what? really do he doesn't get as high as he does at some points. No, I need everybody to know that I am on team Let Chris Colfer sing in his natural register instead I'm of begging. falsetto on every I'm song. Begging. Like, was that his choice? Was that Ryan Murphy's There's choice? There's no like, way it was his choice. Why the There's hell no won't way they let he would him choose just, to do that. Like, it's it's a bit much. Because I couldn't have felt good for him either, singing like that all the time when it's not in his, like, comfortable tone. Because you could see he's, like, straining. Yeah, and then he does his little bang flip. Which I love. I love the bang flip. <laughs> I love the bang flip. I love it. He's so gay. Um. Yeah, it, it just, it sets the scene perfectly. You're like, I know who this an... kid is. I know this kid in real Exactly. Life. And same thing with Mercedes, where it's like, her singing respect is such a smart character choice. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're like, oh, this is a person who just constantly gets forgotten. And then she brings it up again in the late and later in the episode where she's like, I'm not Kelly Rowland. I'm Beyonce. Right. Like, she's constantly fighting her respect. Kurt is always fighting to have some sort of 
like identity at this school and not just be forgotten. So it's like same it's with so... T- wait, same with Tina though, and exactly. same with Rachel. Like these songs it's, and these all these it's auditions such say good the song same story. Choice. No, they literally tell the same story too. Like Tina with her yeah. fake stutter and her over the top attitude and her over and like, the top personality and her over the top song and her and over like the talk top singing. slamming her hands into her crotch while she sings it. Like you just know this girl is sick of not. She wants to stand out. And that's one thing I'll say about Glee is like they have a lot of issues with their writing and continuity and storytelling. Like, and we'll get into it. But anytime they do a sort of audition sequence like this. It's spot on every time. Every single time it's spot on. Okay, so then we have Rachel's audition, which I literally mouthed the quote along with her, like about her gold stars. My gold stars are a metaphor for me being a star. Like, I just... Metaphors are important. Like, like, go off, girl. Yeah, okay. She's right. Yeah. She looks so beautiful in this scene. She really does. Her hair, like the... Come on. I mean, Leah looks so good in, like, pretty much every... Like... She's beautiful. The only the only episode that stands out to me as an episode where they like purposely had to make her look bad, but even then she looked gorgeous, was the episode where she's sick and she has laryngitis. I think and it's maybe, literally called laryngitis. Yeah. And when they br- she breaks her nose. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm pretty. They get oh. to sing, I'm pretty. Oh, oh I love that. I love that mashup. Only time she's going to sing that. Oh, I know, right? Um. Okay, so then... We have her iconic quote saying she is not homophobic. I am not homophobic. I screamed. <laughs> I like, screamed. Okay, fine. It's but... so funny. I love that the like the catalyst for this show is like sexual assault in a high school. Like, and they were Rachel, a little too on the nose with that. <laughs> it was so it's so jarring how weird how dark this first the first season in general is but like this episode specifically where like you can tell they were really like oh this is a dark comedy this is not like these people are every character is insane not just that but like some of these jokes and like some of this material i feel like for a show that's like meant for high schoolers i'm like thinking in my head it was a lot to be honest like I never felt like I was overwhelmed or like I didn't understand no. the joke. So like they were on the nose with what they were including. But as an adult and thinking about it and being like, wow, like kids are watching this in high school. There are kids watching this like I was watching this. What the fuck was wrong with me? <laughs> like cutting between the MySpace edit and the video and the actual audition is so good, too. Because you have this. Quinn is so obsessed with Wait, her. wait, wait. We can't skip over. We can't skip over the fact that Rachel's dad's literally changed like halfway <laughs> through this show from the two random guys in those like Rachel, picture they, strips. They were like, we're so ahead of the time. We're giving Rachel a gay black dad. And then he never comes back. And then she gets Jeff Goldblum and Brian Stokes Mitchell later on as if Rachel Berry isn't a complete and utter ragtime fan. And then it's like, wait, never mind. We're like literally in an alternate universe because Leah Michelle was in that exact same production of Ragtime with Brian oh, Stokes Mitchell. <laughs> I love Ragtime. Me too. Oh, I love I miss ragtime. Maren Maisie. Oh my God. Rest, rest in, in peace. peace. Like, uh, talk about a perfect voice. Oh, talk about a God. perfect tone to her voice. She was so good. Oh my god. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, then we get to the MySpace scene, which I mentioned earlier, where Rachel is uploading her video, and the fact that Quinn is literally so obsessed with Rachel obsessed. to the point she literally was the first and only view on that video and commented you know she has on it. Post notifications like on. She She's literally like, commented on it three times in the exact like moment right. that she uploaded it. 
Do you have a favorite one of the comments? Because I do. Um, I don't. Mine, I don't have a favorite. When it said, please get sterilized, <laughs> I rewatched that scene four times. Like, I, re- I literally kept rewinding it because it was making me laugh so fucking hard because I was just like, oh my god. The internet used to be a lawless place. It's, I mean, sometimes I think it still is when I go on Twitter for five minutes, but like. Absolutely. But like, remember, like Tumblr and Twitter back in the day and MySpace was like the wild west. Like it was was. shit, like this shit, someone saying please get sterilized is tame. Yeah. Yeah. So like, Um, I think like uh, the cyberbullying is so funny to me. I'm so sorry. She just needs to like literally get a life or better yet a girlfriend. Just not Rachel. Oh, I was, I, I was a February truther. Oh no! Okay, a, that's it. The podcast a, is canceled. From I was here a February truther. No. But I mean, I was I'm not a, much better. I was a Pesberry girl, but even I though think, they hated each other. But the sexual, the tension, the tension with Pesberry. Um, I just oh. want to say that like Naya Rivera, River Shell, Leah Michelle situation. I literally had the River Shell URL. So for anybody listening who is on the Glee <laughs> tumblers, you remember me. Um, oh. You were, you, talk, talk about, now that's the trenches, babe. That's yep. the trenches. Yep, yep. I will say, like, if we're talking our overall glee ships, I was clean. Oh, no, you were clayny. I was, I was so deep. I, like, oh, my God. I feel like we're gonna have to do an episode about, like, a glee episode about, like, fan fiction and, or shit like that, because, like, it was so integral to my experience watching this show i yeah i mean for i mean definitely because we're going to be talking about our favorite episodes for me there's prop there's one that stands out for river shell slash pesbury where it's one of their first episodes where they got to work together leah and and um naya like yeah they because they didn't really get like a good song together until what was it season three when they do the i kissed uh, a girl no, um, West Side Story. And oh. they have that scene together where she's yes. wearing the red dress and they're like, oh, Was that a boy like it? that? Yeah. Yeah, it oh was. Oh my yeah. God. Which is also my, f- I'm a West Side Story stand, hardcore. That version is top fucking tier. That version is so good, but I remember just watching oh that episode and God. being like, that's it. That's it. Somebody on this show follows my Tumblr. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, the thing is, is, they were so involved with the community online, like they Ryan were. and Brad and Ian and everything like no, that. No, they fully like, were. Ryan would just tweet spoilers all the time. Not just that, but like there would literally be like massive threads on Tumblr with like conspiracy theories or something mm-hmm. like that. And then like two episodes later, something along those same lines would get mentioned so on the show and people would be like, they're, fu- they're on the fucking site. Like they're but on it also the site, makes they're fully listening. Because like we, I know Beyonce has a burner account. And is in the trenches with the hive. I feel like most celebrities probably have an well, assistant with a burner account who realized them information. Like, just imagine Beyonce getting all of her nails painted by, like, 20 different people at once. <laughs> and she's like, so tell me what's on the interwebs this week. But it's also like, I remember Taylor Swift was so online when it came to Tumblr. Like, she was so involved in the Swifty oh community online. And, like, had fake accounts and, like, would infiltrate group chats and shit like that. And, like, all that type of shit. And like, oh, I'm trying and to think. And Diana Agron was on Tumblr, so you just know that she oh. was kind of relaying information. Oh yeah. Oh, we'll get to the Swift Gron. We'll get to it. We'll get to we'll it. We'll get there. Um, oh baby. Okay. Talk about so, gay. Talk about gay. So, 
We got the piano player, Brad, by the way. He was Tumblr famous. He was. He was an icon. He was. And then um, we cut to Terry at Sheets and Things, which this scene is honestly really good. Like It's really fucking funny. We know who Terry is. Like She's I'm on a monster. My feet four hours a day, three times a week. Um, not my gay ass literally struggling to do the math and realizing <laughs> the joke is about a part-time job. And she's right. She's right, and she should she's say right. it. She's also like, <laughs> I can't fold a fitted sheet, so I like find solidarity here. No, I fully used to just roll my fitted sheets into a ball, but then I like found this YouTube video on how to fold them correctly, and it changed my life forever. Wait, also, before we get too ahead, I need to go back to after Le- after Rachel's audition when Puck slushies her. Oh my god, yeah, we missed the first slushie. Like, how did we miss I, that? I, I, that's another, I, re- I kept hitting the 10 second rewind on Disney Plus because I was like, I need to just keep watching this. It's the funniest slushie in the, in the entire show for me. Like, it's one that I always think about when I think of the show because Puck's smirk is so fucking funny. His little I smirk, had the, um, I know. It killed me. I, I just hate him. Though. I know, but I was watching it and I was like, oh God, I could watch this 10 seconds for hours. It's so fucking mm. funny. Because it's also such a random thing. Like, this is also the time of random. Yeah. Like, this was like the mustache tattoo on the finger. Oh, my God. Like, the, like, all of that. Quirky. And that, so, the quirkiness and, like, the Zoe Deschanel-ness. And, like, for this episode, like, what is that? Like, getting slushied in the face? That has never been anything. A thing. But it also feels right because, like, every high school, I feel like, has such weird... Traditions. Like, colloquial traditions. Yeah. Like, I don't know if in my high school, like, we would, if someone left their backpack unattended, we would take everything out, turn the backpack inside out, put everything back in, and then zip it up again. Mine had literal hazing. Like, every time <laughs> there was a pep rally, the freshman class would literally get hazed. I had popcorn thrown at me. I had pop tarts <laughs> thrown at me. Somebody threw batteries at people, oh flower God. balloons. Um, like empty Gatorade, but like anything that you can think of to throw at someone that would be allowed in a school. Also, <laughs> this little exchange on the bleachers at the football field is so funny between Rachel and Shu. She says, oh, I'm tired of everybody hating me. And he says, and you think Lee Cub is going to change that? I know, right? Like, he's okay, right. That was a little too right. It's too like, on the nose. Like he's too aware. He's too just like, right. but that also shows that Shu... And this is my overall issue with him as a character. Nothing he does is for the kids. It's all for him. No, literally. And, and like, fully. he's not concerned that Rachel is literally in, like, so depressed because everybody in the school hates her. He's like, well, I'm doing Glee Club because I liked Glee Club. Like, they're still he's all like, going to hate you. what part don't you get about this is for me to relive my glory days? I really don't care about your teenage depression, girl. <laughs> me. <laughs> 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 so then we see him begging um ken to talk to the football team and we have yes. a gray's anatomy mention here they literally shaved off the gray's anatomy fans eyebrow for watching it um okay a little weird we would not have survived no we wouldn't have but also wait after we see terry and sheets and things we get a very important moment with sandy who gives Will the chronic lady, which feeds into our right. our little moment with Finn Hudson. Right, because did you know that Corey Monteith used to be a bus driver before he went on the show? No. 
Literally. And now he's on that. a show where he like sings his heart out every week. I love that. That's kind of the dream. It is. Like, I mean, he even said one time in an interview, I was literally reading that like he never knew what he wanted to do with his life and he was never expecting this to happen. Like he didn't even consider himself a good singer or a good dancer. He just knew that he kind of didn't want to be doing oddball jobs anymore. Yeah. That's like um, the most relatable thing, honestly. It, it really Me is. too. Me too, kid. <laughs> Um, so like the fact that Glee Club never would have gotten any popular kids in it if Mr. Shu hadn't planted drugs in a literal student's locker coming back so... to the idea that like everything he does is for him. Yeah, it's because oh, he could have just done a little Glee Club with his with the five kids he had and been like, oh, guys, let's just like sing a song, whatever, whatever. And then Finn being like, wait, I had a football scholarship. Like, <laughs> dude, you're in fucking sophomore year and you haven't even applied to He's... a college yet. Like what? He's so fucking stupid. No, he literally is. And then 19 minutes, 7 seconds, one of my all-time favorite scenes of this entire show. You could land in prison, son, and then the camera literally pans to a sign <laughs> right next to shoot. Priority number one, help the kids. Uh, <laughs> I fucking die yeah. laughing every He's time. He's the worst fucking teacher. He's, so He's the worst terrible. fucking teacher. I really hate Mr. Shu. I really am not a Mr. Shu fan. I, he, I, don't, I don't think I know a single person who is. Yeah, I maybe I Mr. Shu. Mr. Shu is Emma. Is. Even online, oh my Emma. <laughs> Emma has a bunch. Emma has some problems. Emma probably kisses a poster of him every night. Also, can we talk about how hot Carol Hudson is? I know. Ah, I love Finn's mom. Like I, that's that one. Another thing about Glee is the parents when they're right, they're right. Right, like Bert Hummel. Bert Hummel is the best dad. He's the best dad. He's like, so full stop. damn good. He is really good at... You know Carol is an Alanis and Dixie Chick stan. Or the chicks, sorry. You totally know. Like, she is screaming Jagged Little Pill in the shower. The Jean on Jean. Ugh. A moment. I'm obsessed. Um... Okay, so we we finally learn why Finn is obsessed with music. It's pretty much because he got abandoned as a kid, and he his only role model was a fan of Journey. Um, yeah. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> also, I recognize Carol's Emerald Dreams boyfriend as a like B tier Teen Wolf character. So like, if that tells you anything about my time on Tumblr, oh wow, obscure. Yeah, references. I was like. I was like, I know who that is. That's so sad. Oh, my God. I didn't recognize him at all. He looks like exactly the kind of guy who would be spray painting a lawn, though. Like, they did a great yeah, job phenomenal on casting. casting. <laughs> phenomenal casting. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, all right. So we come back to the Glee Club where finally Finn has joined. Um, and just this entire scene just literally made me think about when <laughs> Leah and Corey finally started dating. Like, yeah. on Tumblr, everybody sort of thought it was around the season two episode in New York because the pictures yeah. that people were posting of them in the Finchel scene in Central Park, it, it literally made it feel like they were... Like, people were posting pictures left and right and being like, wait, are they filming? Or is this them just literally holding hands? They had such good chemistry. Oh, my God. It just looked so fucking real and so romantic that everybody was just like, no, they're fully dating. And, like... Thinking about it now, like, in the first episode, she was still with her ex-boyfriend, um, mm -hmm. Theo something, Stockman. But yeah. they broke up in 2011, which is around the same time that the NYC episode got filmed, even though they didn't go That's public so... in 2012. So. I mean, I believe it. I was also just, like, the shipping on, 
like the shipping community is what kept Glee alive tr like truly this is a i feel like there are so many shows where the relationships are almost secondary to the plot yeah where the entirety the reason glee was as popular as it was is because of the relationships and like how intricate and believe and like the chemistry was so good the other thing that kept glee alive was like the number of like fans who were also theater kids because they oh, had yes. so many famous like theater people that pretty much like not yes. necessarily mainstream people like again yeah, brian stokes because... mitchell like and even like uh kristen chenoweth, chenoweth in season one and is like because when did because she was in pushing daisies but like she was in pushing, pushing daisies, daisies but that wasn't that big of a show that wasn't a big show and it was like maybe the year before it was like in 2007 yeah so and she had just gotten off of broadway yeah, john groff like every, john, so pretty much every single spring awakening fan that i knew was like oh we are was watching. obsessed no we're watching we're fully yeah watching we're in it. we're watching we're invested it. i mean leah and matthew morrison were both huge theater people yeah can you believe they dated i'm sorry i have a note I about hate. that later but <laughs> it's so rotten i know it makes me feel so weird okay so 20 it's so weird 22 minutes 26 seconds mercedes quote wins best quote of the episode for me i'm beyonce ain't no kelly Rowland. like absolutely also her also her hell to the no foreshadowing uh, her original song in season two so good and also them pushing Artie, just almost clear off the stage yeah and then mr shu has to like dead stop it he's like oh. they are always throwing Artie around like he's not like a rag doll like guys he's in a wheelchair that doesn't mean he's invincible <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird also rachel is such a fag for how she's acting during this performance. She's going overboard with the yanking of his arm. The whole it's like so much. Like, girly, we get it. You feel chemistry with him. Like, it's so, and he's so like against it. He's like, what is, is wrong on? with her? Like, she's like jerking her neck. Like, she's like, <laughs> like she's gonna break her neck. Fully. I. Oh my god, it's so weird. It's just, it's a good performance. Though. It feels awkward. It feels like, they feel like teenagers in this in this scene. It, like, yeah, they more... definitely do. They definitely do. It made me feel so uncomfortable and secondhand embarrassed how Rachel was yeah. acting. I was like, oh my god, like, she's being so obvious right now. Yeah, I'm like, play hard to get, babe. Yeah, like, do you not know anything about it? And she's like, no, I don't. God, frankly, I'm a fucking theater kid, and I, everything I know is over the top. If I have a crush on this yeah. kid, he's going to know within the first two minutes of me talking to him. It's true. And, like, I respect it to an extent, but it's also like, oh, my God, babe. Like, you're a loser. She's just so and embarrassing. And he's cool. This is just humili a humiliating scene. Um, Not as humiliating, though, as the next scene with Terry and Will doing the puzzle. Oh. First off, I want a craft room. Uh, first off, I want a glue gun that works. She's kind of I, right. Like She's right. She's... I... Your lips to God's ears, Terry. I want a glue gun that works. No, Her voice when she says that is so, so fucking good. funny. It's so good. It's so good. And she's like kind of right. Like, why are every single glue gun in the world so shitty? As two people who survived, survived an art school BFA program, uh, I want a glue gun that works. They are so shitty. Someone needs to invent a high quality glue gun. I will say I did buy one recently, and it's from Gorilla Glue, and it turns the party. Okay, I need to buy one. It's good. It's, like, industrial. Oh, wow. Wow. It's good. It's a good fucking glue gun, and it wasn't that expensive. Okay, that's amazing to know. So everybody listening who wants Not a good glue sponsored. gun. <laughs> Not sponsored. Not sponsored, but it could be. Glue gun, call us. 
not the three Balinese mahogany toilet brush holders from Pottery Barn. <laughs> it's just such a stupid thing that immediately, I like, I'm like, I know Terry. I know this woman. I know, I know Terry her. in real life. She has huge extreme couponer energy, but like without any of the drive. Right, she's, she's too, too lazy. lazy. She would never. Like if she in another timeline, she's a doomsday prepper. Oh my gosh, so true. She has like very chaotic, um, yeah. anxious energy. Like she's she, on edge. She did kind of spill though when she tells him to move on because it's like you are an old man. You oh my should god, get over no, this. No, I literally thought the same thing. I'm like, okay, she's spot on, but instead he doesn't listen to her and just becomes best friends with every student in his clubs. He he invites every single person in Glee Club to his wedding. They perform at his wedding, and one of them is literally his best man. He needs to go he, to therapy. He needs adult friends. No, he needs to go to therapy. But then and... when he gets adult friends, he's also insufferable with the acafellas. Oh, my God. Ugh. I completely forgot about that storyline. I must have erased it from my brain. Ken is so scary. Can I say that? Yeah, he is. I don't like, like Ken. Him, I don't like Ken. He makes me... And I know that's the point. He makes me so uncomfortable when he's like cornering emma at her car but i will say or 26 minutes 32 seconds emma being on her period doesn't bother him is actually a serve like okay that's like points were made the only the only king move ken makes yeah um but we need to go back because there's a moment of um finn's mom with her engorged prostate removal (laughs) like okay we need to we need clarity does Finn not know what a prostate is, or does he just think his teammates are that stupid? What do you think? I think it's both. You think it's both? I think Finn is stupid, but also every single person that he's friends with is also stupid. Yeah, that's true. Um, so this is around when I started to think about it for a second, and I'm like, this pilot is freaking long as hell, which makes sense because it was around the 26-second mark, and I was thinking, yeah, is this episode going to be an hour long? It feels, I was saying that, and I was talking to my roommate a little bit about it after I watched it, and I was like, this episode feels like three hours long. It literally felt so but, long. I don't know why. But it didn't feel like it was dragging. No, it felt like, good. I was, but I rem- The whole time, I was like, I love wa- I yeah. love that there's so much. Yeah. They squeezed so much into it. I don't know if it's just like the talking fast thing or like the, like it just felt really long. But um, yeah, because there's no one here like wasting time. They're all like minute to minute. That's why it feels long because you're like absorbing so much. There's no filler. No, you're like learning so much about the school and so much about the people that it feels longer than it actually is. Like it's only been like 30 minutes at this point. It's like a master class in pilots. It, it really is. so phenomenal. And Ryan Murphy is so talented, too. Like, he did Nip Tuck, and I've only watched a couple yes. episodes of it, but the pilot for Nip Tuck also, like, sucked me right in. Here's the thing about Ryan Murphy. The first two seasons of, the, of his shows are always so good. And then it all falls to shit. I disagree. Season three of Glee is my favorite season of all time. That's I, that's, I like season three of Glee. Glee, but it that's when it starts to fall off for me. Season two is, I think, the peak for me. A lot of people feel that way. You're not alone. Season three for me is when we get into the meat of the relationships, and I think that's why I love it so much. Like we start to see yeah. them, we start to see different people talking to each other and working together. And for me, it was that's a lot more too. compelling because it's like last year of high school, people are trying to like reconcile their differences. We see Santana and Rachel together. We see. Quinn and Rachel a lot together. We see them yeah. working on becoming better people and growing up a little bit. 
um, you know, season no, four when they go point. to college is like really good too because there's so much self exploration. It almost feels like a second show. I fucking love season yeah. four as well, but I was also I going through like college at that point, and something about that's it, true. like something about the fact that they kept going back and forth between Lima and New York. For me, it felt so reminiscent to how I was feeling. Like, no, I really need to leave this behind because otherwise, <laughs> I cannot get through being in a New York college. So yeah. Like, if my heart is still back in my little hometown i kind of stopped watching glee as much when i got to college for season four like i still kind of caught i catched up with it but i was in Grey's anatomy land i was fully that by that time i was fully committed to Grey's anatomy and i think teen wolf at that point too i had really taken taken over as my favorite shows because i was still in high school Mm -hmm. at that point so I was like, okay, like, this is fine. Like, I I just don't care as... I wasn't caring as much about what they were doing with each character. And I didn't really like a lot of the new characters. Right. Like, I kind of didn't really like the fact that, like, my favorite characters had all gone to New York and they were still showing a lot of Lima. Like, if they're going to be in New York, just show me New York. Like, I, yeah. what bothered me is they decided to separate the classes. Like, they separated half of the people yes. from Lima into, like, senior year when the college kids had graduated. There's two qualms I have about Glee, and I'm actually glad we're talking about this now. This show should have started in their freshman year. They fucked it up by who the fuck starts a show and puts all of the kids on the show in their sophomore year. It it doesn't make any sense. Like, they could have had a solid four-season show showing all four years of high school. Like, I don't get why they started in sophomore year. Like, a similar timeline issue that I have with Glee and that I know the fandom as a whole had was... When Blaine gets introduced in season two, which we will talk about. The Warblers episode. Yeah, Never Been Kissed. It's yeah. so good. Oh, when he gets introduced, he's supposed to be older than Kurt, who I think is at that point like. Right. So season one was their sophomore year. Kurt and Rachel's yeah. sophomore year. Season so two he's a junior. is their junior year. So, so Blaine. Blaine is supposed to be a senior. And then eventually halfway through, uh, he transfers over, but they age him down. Once he transfers yeah, to McKinley. Wait, I've never thought about that. But it's before. not like a thing where he lost credits or anything like that. They just say he's younger. So then, and I, I mean, I totally get why, like, from a standpoint of, like, Blaine was such a popular character. And they wanted to keep him around. Darren Chris was... They needed him to they stay with They needed him to Kurt. stay with Kurt. And they also needed some... They needed a fan favorite still at the school. Because at that point, like, Tina was there. And, like, Tina's fine. But, like, she wasn't a huge fandom fan favorite. Artie was there. And we had, like, a bunch of the new characters. Like, Sam was still there, who was a big fan favorite. But, like, Blaine was, like, the fandom darling, more so, out of that group. I feel like Sam was the underdog. Everybody that I used yeah. to follow, like, because I followed a lot of people who shipped obscure ships. Like, I followed a lot of people who shipped, again, Santana and Rachel. Not a lot of people shipped them because they fucking yeah. hate each other even more than Quinn and Rachel do. So, like, yeah. for for me, at least, the other people that I was following not only shipped, like, Rachel and Santana, but also shipped, like, like Finn and Sam was, or, no, Kurt and Sam was a huge ship. Kurt and Sam, yep, yeah, but also, like, Blaine and Sam, people for a while. Because it was also like, because I I remember being online and being like, when Sam was being introduced, Ryan and Brad and all them had been talking about how, and like Jane Lynch, I think, even said in an interview that like, oh, there's this new blonde boy. He's going to be Kurt's love interest for the season. Da 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 da. Like the whole thing. Yeah, he was supposed to be a gay character. Yeah. And then him and Diane Agron had such good chemistry that they like pivoted away from that. And then eventually we get Blaine introduced later in season two as the other gay character and Kurt's love interest eventually and everything like that. So it's just a really interesting to see Sam's like trajectory. And then also you have him become really good friends with Blaine later on, which is like a really nice 
character arc for yeah. him. But I don't know. It's just, like, it's very interesting how, like, fandom dynamics played into this show. Yeah. Because I think people really, really, really had certain things that they wanted to see. Like, this show cannot end until we finally see blank. And then we did see it. Like, oh, for example, Quintana yes. Shippers got to see a Quinn Santana kiss in that one episode. They fully hooked up in that hotel. And then Quinn was like, eh, I think this is just a one-time thing for me. And Santana was like, um, but I'm hard eyes. Um, okay, but on the topic of Quinn, her scene with Finn, where she's like, let's pray. Oh, she looks sinister. How is Finn not more so turned on by her in this hot. moment? Like, they show him being annoyed, but she looks freaking hot. Like, she's... I don't understand. Right. But he just looks exasperated. I... Like, oh, man. She if doesn't want to kiss I anymore. Be, it's like, If Finn? I was Finn, I'd be, like, annoyed just look at and her. more turned on. She's so... Quinn's arc in season one is fucking phenomenal and it's so sad how misused diana agron is in the rest of the <sighs> show after that i know but i'm i'm an anti-quinn it's so unfortunate i hate quinn i was happy when she got I hit love by quinn. the bus <laughs> 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 oh my god that scene is also insane <laughs> like that's crazy to me that they that they did that honestly Grey's anatomy vibes all right so they finally go to see um vocal adrenaline I... Where the fuck is Jesse? Okay, literally, I had my eyes wide open, desperately searching for him. Didn't see him. He's not in that scene. But yeah, so I immediately clocked two of Gaga's dancers because he had, they had been, one of them specifically, I was like, I recognize. Because he had been in a bunch of music videos for her at that point. Like mm-hmm. he's Was one of them the guy doing the flips who was so extra and did not fit the I vibe at all? I think so, but I, I'll, I'll take a screen, I'll try and get a screenshot of it and we could like post it to the Instagram and the Twitter. Because yeah. I like, I was like, if you know, you know, I was like, I know him. Because I also remember seeing okay. him in on the tour and being like, holy shit, I'm gay. So Tina's stutter. We're d- d- doomed. We're d- 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 doomed. Why is Shaggy from Scooby-Doo dressed like Tina from Glee in this scene? That is like the ultimate crossover for my brand. Like, girly. That is so funny. It's so <laughs> extra and stupid. And I just like... It made me genuinely laugh out loud, like, yell. It's so fucking funny. I also remember, like, there was some genuine uproar on the tumblers for people who were literally, like, stutter representation, and then they go and make it, like, a fake thing. Like, we were, like, so happy to see a character on TV with a stutter, and now she, it turns out she was faking it. Next, you're going to tell us that Artie's wheelchair is fake. And everyone's like, (laughs) um, about that. You're like, bestie, he's not disabled. <laughs> oh I'm my sorry God. to Glee tell you. Glee is so fucked up. Glee is literally so fucked up. Like, Glee, they, Glee got away with saying wild shit up until the end, too. Like, more than a lot of other shows where they were always out of pocket. They were always out of pocket. And only, like, the people who, like, would actually be offended by the stuff that was being said found it funny. Exactly. Like, there, was, there was actual scenes where people were, like, genuinely mad. And then the people watching the show were like... That's only a slur if we decide it's a slur, and for this show, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I almost any time something homophobic happens, I think it's funny on this show. Right, because, because you it's watch it and you're like, so insane. Yeah, it's so on the extreme level of things that I have to laugh. Oh my god, I know. But like this sliding doors moment, where <laughs> if he becomes an accountant. Like, what would have happened? Like, what does that alternate universe look like of Will Schuster as an accountant, like, fucking up someone's taxes and, like, finances? 
or like becoming best friends with his entire team. I don't know which is worse. I feel like he's the type to like make try and make friends with every single one of his coworkers. Oh, that's the worst kind of person. I know. Sometimes the vibes are not correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to be very selective about who you make as a work friend. Absolutely. Those people will follow you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. As a John Denver stan, I don't like Mm. this performance. Wait, we need to go back. We skipped over the scene where he literally hears his wife <gasps> tell him oh that she's pregnant and he responds, don't mess with me. He's right. Like, he's you know right. what? Okay. Yeah, he's right. Matter of fact, babe, ask to see a pregnancy yeah, test want, right now and save yourself I the trouble. I want proof. Like, he should have been asking for a test. She is so dark-sided. She is so evil. Oh, my God, Terry. She's like, she's a better villain than Sue. Yeah, honestly. Uh, she's spot on. So scary. But coming back to the John Denver, so super obscure, but every time I hear leaving on a jet plane, I think of the time that um, Lauren Graham goes on the Ellen show and she tried (laughs) to sing it, but she kept laughing super nervously and could only get through like one line of the song. I feel like a theme of this podcast is going to be me bringing up Teen Wolf and you bringing up Lauren Graham. I am so obsessed with her. It's a little embarrassing. Lauren, if you're ever listening, I love you. Call me. I don't think you have anything to be embarrassed by about that because she is so fucking... She's so beautiful and she's so endearing. She's so funny too. And Ugh. she's so witty. Like, I don't know if you've read her books, but I've read so far every book that she's written. She's coming out with another one. I think it's in November that it's coming out. And oh, I, I just haven't. can't wait. I'll need to. I'll need to. That yeah, feels like research is... for a further, for an, a series one day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I actually think that Matt Morrison actually sounds really good in this song. I know you said you don't like it, but. I can objectively say he sounds good, but I still don't like it. <laughs> I can be ob- I can be objective with ha- the fact that he he does have a good voice. Like he's not n- a not. I think he's talented. I think the fact that people hate Shu so much is a credit to Matthew Morrison because he is doing such a good job with the material. Yeah, he's given. yeah, he's a he's really good at how he plays Shu. Like I yeah. think he he has the perfect balance of like overplaying the corny teacher and like underplaying the like genuine got nice guy yeah he does a he does such a good job with the material he's given and Mm i i i think the more you hate shoe the more credit you have to give matthew morrison yeah for sure same thing with sue like jane lynch you find out that jane lynch kind of like improv some of those insults and some of those lines oh my like they would give her a loose script to follow and she would literally just start spitballing different takes I want our. I want to see the hours of B-roll Sue one-liners. They know they have in some vault somewhere. They actually published some of them in a magazine that I bought. Um, oh my god! And like, of course I did. But like, there was like a Glee special magazine. Like you know those special was it like Entertainment Weekly or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that with like the heavy-duty pages and the glossy oh, photos yeah. and like it had like photos you and love those. posters that you could rip. I fucking love those. I have so many of them. I, I have know. a Disney World one. I have a Star Wars one. I have my Glee one somewhere at my mom's house. But yeah, so they literally published in that ma- in that magazine a bunch of pictures of her different tracksuits, as well as like a bunch of the one-liners oh. that she had and like a few of the different takes that she did on them. But Sue is very good as well as a character. Sue's so good. Okay, so then we finally see Santana. The Rachel jump scare behind the locker. No, that was the most intense, like, it eyes took, open. It like, took me out 
so hard. It <laughs> genuinely made me jump back. I was like, this is scary. She's scary. It, it literally made us feel probably how Finn felt. Yeah. I mean, because he closes his locker and there she is. It's like, damn, Jesus. So terrifying. Her necklace is so ugly. Her ballerina necklace. Yes. Rachel is so It's so distracting and ugly. Season. Like, girly, what in God's name possessed you to buy that necklace? And I love later on when she hires Brittany to dress like her. So oh people will will do it. And then they're like, oh, it's hot when Santana does it, but not when Rachel does it. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. It's true. Oh, my God. Yeah, the whole thing with the reindeer sweater. Reindeer sweaters are my thing. Or she says something like that where she's like. Is it Quinn who calls Rachel RuPaul? Yes, it's Quinn. RuPaul. Truler just like, hey, Finn, RuPaul. A visceral read. Ugh, I, I love her. Finn. I love her. Um, I know, but we need to talk about Santana literally her head turning around on her body like a cartoon character to stare at Rachel as she walks away. That's the first sign of her being a big fat lesbian. Big lezzy. Like she's walking away, her head literally turns so far like an owl. Like she's like And she looks so so pretty. I know. It's so sad that like she couldn't speak it in this scene. It's because like d- this is during the time where she was only really going to be a background character. She was never yeah, meant to have like a... Yeah, she's going to be like, like a, a sidekick. Yeah, so like she was never meant to have lines. She was only meant to be shown as like a, a background or a side character. So that's probably mm-hmm. why she didn't say anything in the scene. But she, you know she would have had so many good one-liners if she had been like a scripted cast member I on would this. say, I think I, in general... Santana's one-liners stand out most for me. They're the ones I revisit the most out of any other character. And then I would think Sue is the next one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. She has such like a... Oh my god. I can't wait to talk about um, the scene where she's like talking to Brittany about how she wants to be with her, but she's scared what other people are going to say. And Brittany's like, you'll just slash them with your vicious, vicious words. And it's like... (laughs) It's so true. She's right. Like, she's the best girlfriend. Oh, my God. I love them. I can't wait to talk about that episode. I can't wait till Brittany shows up, because she's not in this first episode at all. She's not sitting behind Quinn in the bleachers when she's posting the hate comments? Not that I know of. I screenshotted that, so let me look really quick. But I don't think she is. It's like a bunch Mm. of girls we never see again. Yeah. Well, we do see, actually, we do see Santana, which is what made me wonder yeah. if Brittany was in that Santana's scene there, and then it's just, like, a random assortment of, like, pretty Bodies. pretty high school girls. But uh-huh. Brittany isn't there. I don't think she should. She's not in this first episode at all. Interesting. I could have sworn we see her at least once, but probably not. All right. Um. So then we have a puck scene. Yeah. He's just, like, sucks. It's just, like, he's, literally, my Need notes him. are, like, he's a boring high school bully. Because it's he's not even endearing. Like, Quinn is a better bully. Yeah, she because is, and so is Santana. you can tell how insecure she is out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Like, and same thing with Santana, where it's like, eventually we find out, like, oh, she's mean. She's insecure. She's, she's mean because she's like, closeted. And... Puck is just a dick. And I get he has, yeah, like, backstory so later rancid. on. But, like, it's not... I, I'm not endeared to it in the way I am all the other characters who are assholes. Like... I don't find I him don't, funny. I just find I'm him just rancid. Like, That's it. Like, it's like every guy I knew in high school. Right. Um, so he pulls Artie out of the porta potty and Finn's Finn's comment about how everybody at the school and in the town is losers. I'm like, Deep, points were made. Deeply like, yeah. relatable. Yep, deeply relatable. We live in a small ass town. And but it's, like it's such a classic like high school comment. High yeah, high school monologue of yeah. just like, Hell, we're all losers here. And it's yeah. like it's so it's so cliche, but it again it it's 
Glee does cliches so well because they feel genuine. I literally, yeah, my notes are like, this is literally part of what makes the show so good, right? Because it's small town loser representation. And then later it's yeah. like small town loser leaving the small town to move to a big city representation. Like I fucking love Glee. Like let's, I mean, we just have full to stop. full stop. Like I fucking love Glee on a I much more real level. I hate it, but like, yeah. Um, all right. So then we come back to them practicing. Finn finally decides he wants to be in the Glee club. And just one look at Kurt, and I'm like, what the fridge <laughs> The is dress here? is so weird. The outfit is such a sin. Like, not to victim blame, because, like, you should be able to express yourself however you want and not be fear of bullying or victimization. Babe. No, like, we are gonna, bu- we are totally gonna bully him on this show. What the fuck <laughs> are you wearing? Oh, my God. How do you expect to not be thrown in a dumpster? I can't. Like, you're wearing this to school. Like, you have to, like, fight or flight, babe, and you're doing oh neither. Oh, my God. Like... I just... It's so befuddling. Please throw Kurt that dress in so befuddling. Trash. Yeah, please. Or is it a long tunic? I don't know. And I don't want it to know. Like just throw d- it in the trash. Burn it. It looks like a dress at, that you get at, like, Kohl's. No, yeah. And the bright blue. What is with the bright blue? Like, babe, that I washes you out. You are as really pale as a it. baby's ass. You should not be wearing cerulean blue. He loves it. He loves it. All right. Um... Finn, 41 minutes, 13 seconds. We'll figure something out for you to Tina. Made me laugh out loud. Because it's, it's so Tina's, disrespectful. Tina's entire storyline boiled into one line. We'll figure one something line. out for you. In the first episode. In the first fucking episode. Like, you just know, like, she was annoyed. And then you have, like, Emma being a good guidance counselor for once. Uh, right? Like, the twinkly piano backtrack is a paid actor. Yeah, truly. This is, like, the only time she's a good counselor in this entire show, and it's to the boy that she's, like, the teacher that she has a, a crush on. And, you and have she has nothing to gain from it because nothing. she literally finds out that he's going to have a kid with another person. And she's like, I don't care. I still love you. Will literally says him winning nationals was the happiest moment of his life. And I'm like, if the happiest moment of my life was in high school, oh I would God, kill myself. I, like, babe. That's so depressing. Like you peaked in high school. I mean, it's small town vibes. I know a lot of people. Small peaked town in high vibes, school. but it's just such a. It's so sad. Yeah, it is sad when that. It happens. makes me sad. Yeah. And then you have like the ominous yeah. da 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 da. Leah Michelle singing "Smell of Wine and Cheap Perfume" is going to be burned into my brain and ears forever. I must have listened to this version of the song at least five hundred times over the years. Easily, I had full body chills watching this. No, me too. I literally got chills when they sang Don't Stop Believing as he's like tearing up. And he I like, was starts tearing walking up. Down the stairs. No, I was lit- like, I had tears in my eyes and he starts walking down the stairs and I'm like, don't stop. Oh my God. I was like, I was I singing had along. all over my body. Yeah, me too. I was too. And I had chills and I was like, kind of like about to cry. Yeah. I fully had tears in my eyes and I was like, oh, this is why I love this show. Like, that pilot was so fucking I was like, good. they got me. Also, you have the shots of, like, Puck just, like, looking ominously. And then you have oh Sue Quinn and Santana just, like, being villains. Yeah. Oh, but, like, God. Wow. it's such a good, it's such a good episode of TV. And, like, it was. It really did it really birth was. one of the craziest fandoms on, ever to exist. Honestly, I feel like it was probably, like, the first online tv fan like not to discredit anyone else who is like in in that situation like i think probably supernatural i remember and doctor who yeah but also Those were the supernatural other two big ones also on started around the same time as uh 
Well, oh God, Supernatural started in 2005. Jesus Christ. Right. So I, I think they were actually probably the first one. Yeah. I remember going on Tumblr and being like, what is this fucking show that everybody keeps talking about? I was like, about? what the fuck is Doctor Who? And I know, like, another one that, like, I feel like I was a little obsessed with was Skins. Did you ever watch Skins? No, but I did watch, like, a little bit of the U.S. remake of Skins, but I didn't mm-hmm. watch the actual U.K. version, which I've heard is good. It's really good. I feel like Skins and Supernatural are probably the first two super online fandoms. Doctor Who is another close one. Yeah. Lee, like, they all kind of started around the same time or, like, got big around the same time. Yeah, I feel like they all really popped off because, like, fan websites and fan forums and stuff were obviously all huge before, like, social media and everything like that. And, like, there were mm-hmm. obviously always, like, forums and online communities, like, similar to what we were talking about earlier with, like, Broadway World and Oscar websites and things like that. But, like, yeah. I think the boom of social media and specifically Tumblr and Twitter as ways of, like, everyone can start a blog. Everyone can just, like, do stream of conscious thought-like things and just put it all out there really mm-hmm. benefited yeah. these kind of long-form series like that, like this, where it's just, like, there's endless information and endless... um what's the word I'm looking for? Just content there to farm for like fan fiction, fan edits. Oh my God. Fan uh, fiction. Any like uh, uh, people just yeah. like doing like fan cams yep. and editing photos, making entire ass like threads about how this one scene or this one moment represented blah, blah, blah conspiracy theory. Like there would be people being like, Okay, did you see how she blinked twice? Notice how in every other scene with this character, she also blinks twice. This is a stunt. And I would be like, babe. And it's always it's always the queer fans that are the backbone of these communities. No, literally. It's the queer fans who are like, okay, did you see how she wears orange? Well, in history, orange represents <laughs> the fact that she likes to kiss girls. So... Yep. Like, and then you'd have like hundred a hundred thousand notes of, of like <laughs> lesbians across the world being like, I yes, knew it. I knew I it. Knew I knew it. it all along. I knew it all along. When I saw her wearing that orange shirt, I just knew she was a lesbian. <laughs> it's just like it really uh, it makes this I'm not nostalgic for high school, but I'm nostalgic for my Tumblr experiences in high school. Um, okay guys, so that was the pilot. Thank you all for listening. Next week we're gonna be reviewing another episode of Glee, so stay tuned to see which one we pick. Yeah, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at YK that episode. And then yeah, check us out. Feel free to subscribe. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye bye. Oh my god, he's online. Can he see me? What the hell is she talking about? Who's this? Can I speak to Angelina, please? No, she died.